Hello, and welcome to the NLP Highlights podcast, where we talk about interesting work in natural language processing. This is Matt Gardner and Walid Ammar. We are research scientists at the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence. So recently, one of the podcast listeners suggested that we talk about common sense reasoning. So we invited Eugen Choi, one of the leading researchers in this research area, to tell us about common sense reasoning. Eugen is an assistant professor at the School of Computer Science and Engineering at the University of Washington and a senior research manager at the AI2. Welcome to the program, Eugen. Hi, thanks for inviting me. I'm uh, happy to be here. Uh, so first, could you tell us what is common sense and why is it relevant to us as NLP researchers? So the operational definition that I'd like to go with is that common sense is the basic level of the practical knowledge and reasoning that concerns everyday situations and events that are commonly shared by most people. So here the key is that commonly shared by most people, not everybody. For example, it's okay to keep the closet door open for a while, but it's not okay to keep the refrigerator door open for a while because the food inside might go bad. Most people will agree with this, but of course there can always be some exceptional cases when this is not true. If the fridge was actually inside of another fridge, then maybe it doesn't matter whether you keep that inside the fridge open or not. Or if the fridge was empty, then again, it doesn't matter whether you keep it open or not, if there's no food inside anyway. There always can be um, exceptional situations, but in general, people do seem to have this sort of general expectation about how the world works, how the physical world works, and as well as how the social world works. These types of knowledge is important for humans to interact with each other in a reasonable way, then interact with the physical world in a safe way. So as AI becomes more relevant to human lives, it's important that we model this. And do you perceive this area an inquiry in the scientific nature of common sense reasoning, or is it more of adding an ability so that we can do the NLP tasks that we care about better? That's a great question. And in fact, I think research about common sense knowledge and reasoning should be motivated in both ways. On one hand, it's intellectual interest, and then the other practical significance. So what I mean by intellectual interest is that well, it was the only AI dream to build common sense uh, models. And then soon enough, people realized that, oh, that's too big of a dream. So let's rather focus on a particular well-defined task. But even though we do see some of these data-specific models perform at human level today, there's some fundamental differences in the way AI operates and human intelligence works. And one of them is this knowledge about the world, the common sense understanding about the world. For a long time, it seems that AI community has tried to avoid this question of how do we acquire knowledge and represent knowledge and store knowledge so that you can rely on that when reasoning about previously unseen situations, which humans are very robust at, but today's AI is not. In terms of the practical significance, there are a lot of NLP slash AI applications that we deliberately ignore or we don't seem to make as much progress on today. And for those problems or applications, it's likely that we do need to seriously think about how to attack this unsolved question of knowledge representation. Um, some sort of like memory representation about how the world works. And so uh, in the case of NLP, I would say conversational AI is one example where clearly conversation is easier than language translation for humans, and yet it's reversed today for machines. Machines find translation is relatively easy compared to making chit-chat or reasonable dialogues with humans. So 
in order to really solve that sort of challenges, we do need to address knowledge and representation about the world. And then even for some of the tasks where we do feel like things are working pretty well, even including machine translation, there are always some strange examples that people can easily find that kind of don't make sense and it's a case where if you had a common sense capability then you would have not made such a mistake and these are basically long tail problem that's really really long in most data sets evaluation scenarios maybe they seem like relatively small cases but if you want to build a system that's really robust against all these long tail situations then it's likely that we do need to still think about how to address this unsolved question about common sense. Yeah, that's a good point because I was thinking earlier about uh, whether the existing tasks that people already care about in the NLP community are sufficient for motivating work on common sense. And I think what you're saying is they're not because even though they will benefit from it, there is only a few, a handful of examples in a, in a test set which will benefit. It's not going to be easy to demonstrate the benefit empirically. Yes, exactly. So I think it's in part due to the data set design itself being a little bit narrow for, let's just say QA, for example. Most QA problems may rather focus on more literal information in text. In recent years, though, there have been a lot of new research that tries to lift that assumption and then make the QA much harder, including one by Matt. And the Java is one other example where you do need to really understand the text. But for example, even like Google search or um, other search engine results. Based on a personal chat with Fernando Pereira at the AKBC conference this year, some of these search uh, engine challenges that they are facing today are also very much common sense challenges. So the long tail problems are always there. It's a serious practical concern for them because there are always new problems that the training data does not cover. And so for that, again, common sense knowledge is a big concern. I feel like this problem probably comes up in basically all of NLP at all levels, even part of speech tagging or dependency parsing. There's this very common example about eating spaghetti with meatballs versus eating spaghetti with a fork. Basically, it's common sense knowledge about what a fork is and what meatballs are that let you know how things attach correctly, right? Maybe some of these like traditional NLP tasks are easy enough with only very shallow common sense knowledge a lot of the time, but we could, if we wanted to, talk about like a hard dependency parsing common sense data set. Does this make sense? Yeah, that would be great. In fact, I suppose I was recently thinking more about very different types of NLP slash language and vision challenges that might require common sense knowledge more directly. But I, I really like that idea of maybe going back to these core NLP data sets and then really dial up the portion of the challenges that do require common sense. Yeah, we can just like subset uh, yeah, the existing yeah, yeah. instances and try to find those examples. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess my thought was just that, as, as you say, this this problem really is pervasive. Like understanding language, really understanding language requires really understanding the human experience and all of this stuff that we call common sense. And so we should be able to see these phenomena across any task that we can think of as long as we like look for it. Yeah, totally. So could you tell us about some of the challenge data sets that you've been working on? Yeah, so um, a lot has happened in the past 
maybe nine to twelve a month, it seems. So my group has generated about seven different data sets. I don't know what happened with my group. We all got very excited and there were different ideas that we didn't want to give up. So they spent over things like social IQA, which is about social IQ problems formulated as QA problems, multiple choice problems. And then um, there's physical IQA data set that's social, but um, focusing on physical knowledge, physical interactions. And then we had a swag and hella swag earlier that is sort of like a generalization of SNLI or natural language inference data set, but focusing more on the kind of premise hypothesis pairs that would require common sense inferences. And then we also have yet another generalization of NLI focusing on abductive reasoning instead. And then we also had recently Winograde dataset, which is a much larger version of Winograd schema challenge dataset. And then we also had the VCR, which is a visual common sense reasoning dataset that combines images together with the QA dataset in natural language, so that you have to do both. And then finally, we have a Cosmos QA to appear at the MNLP, which is about reading comprehension, but it does require understanding common sense reasoning again. So one quick example, maybe given a text snippet, which is about someone struggling to get help wearing clothing every morning, but having to get help from someone else, and the text reads like the person is uh, new to the situation and really finding that experience not very pleasant. When you read that sort of context, you know, most people can understand the person may or have acquired a new physical circumstance that requires getting help, then there may be a physical disability. So people can make a reasonable guess that maybe the author has a physical disability that the person has recently acquired. And so current QA systems rely on finding text snippet that happened in the context, whereas answering these sort of QA problems require actually reasoning about something that's not in the text context. So the answers, the choices that you get in the question are not necessarily snippets in the text then, in the background? Uh, yes and no. So we still formulated that as multiple choice questions so that it's easy to evaluate, but we also report model performance in a generative setting, meaning what if the model has to just answer by generating the answer instead of choosing one of the you know, four or five choices. So uh, in that setting, of course, the evaluation is much harder but it's just still more realistic framing of the problem that I wish the community works on. So we report both ways. That's great. So, right. So those are what we did, but there are a lot of other really exciting data sets that came out at the same time. So, of course, Common Sense QA data set by Alon Talmer um, and other co-authors that received the best resource paper at NACL this year. So that's really very exciting. And then there's also a really interesting data set known as Record that became officially part of SuperGlue. And this is also based on reading comprehension. And in their case, the answer is always entity mention in the context. So the setting is a little bit different from ours. But that's also quite interesting. And that data set, by the way, is almost automatically generated and then validated by humans, whereas ours was crowdsourced 
uh, by and large. And then earlier than that, there were other data sets like Ordinal Common Sense Inference Dataset by Johns Hopkins, which was published in 2017, so just only two years ago. But it seems that the past one year or two, we, we start to see a lot more data set. I think I noticed some at EMNLP this year, too. Great. So <laughs> we'll, we'll find out more soon. So when you're thinking about building these data sets, the space of possibilities seems vast. How do you decide what to do? Do you have some kind of categorization of what kinds of things you might want to build a data set around? How do you think about this? So that's a really great question. And I don't think personally that we have really nailed down data sets yet, despite the fact that as a community, we suddenly have a lot more new data sets. But the way that we thought about our design was to start with existing QA problems or existing natural language inference data sets and then think about uh, whether we can generalize those to common sense reasoning cases. So, for example, VCR is, in a way, generalization of VQA. And then uh, Cosmos QA may be a generalization of a squad data set or other types of machine reading comprehension data sets. And then SWAG, HLI SWAG, or Abductive NLI can be viewed as a generalization of NLI. So that's one way to do that. But there may be other ways to do that. And even when we build on existing core NLP problems, we might realize that we really needed to make a different design choices. So I feel like um, I'm only beginning with understanding about the data sets this year after new experience of making a bunch of them. And I, I hope that as a community, we can make better data sets going forward. We definitely need better data sets to facilitate really good research. And then another really interesting phenomenon that I personally experienced that, that I see others also experience is as soon as you make a data set, it's solved by the largest neural network that didn't exist before the data set making, but you know, it comes out just after. So it's interesting to question whether that's because these neural networks have really acquired the common sense knowledge and reasoning capabilities, or is it because the data set had uh, biases that we didn't know that there was? So as a result, um, we will also have to research more about data set biases, how we automatically remove them, and then how to acquire better problem question answer pairs. Well, that brings me to the next question I had in mind. Just to play the devil's advocate here, with so much energy and efforts focused on building common sense data sets, I wonder if we actually need to explicitly model common sense. Maybe if we just structure our model in the right way and train on large data sets and pre-train on contextualized representations, maybe we don't need to explicitly model common sense anymore and our models will still learn those associations. Yeah, so that's a really good philosophical question for which probably nobody really has a definite answer yet, but my position this year is that we do need some combination of both in the following sense. In the past, in early AI era, like 70s and 80s, is when people used to think that we need to write down everything so explicitly and then reasoning has to happen explicitly as well. So for example, all the research that was based on logics and then script logic and also psych, uh, which was based on lisp programs, are the case when all the knowledge is very, very precise and explicit and then reasoning builds on top of that. But after decades of research, um, as a community, it seems 
to be the case that these sort of super explicit approaches are fairly brittle and it's a little bit hard to generalize out of it. And then you have this burden of having to write down every single piece of knowledge. If you think about how humans operate, though, we never really write down that much. We do write down a lot, but we don't write down everything. And yeah, we can reason about knowledge. Like if I ask you a question, are elephants bigger than butterflies? Even if you didn't write that down before, you still can think about it and then answer it correctly. So I do think that in this new era of large-scale neural network models that are amazing, probably the best bet is to build on top of that, uh, which also means that we do want to have this sort of knowledge implicit to some degree. But then the purist might you know, wish that, oh, this neural network can just learn from unstructured text and images, and then acquire knowledge all just on its own through unsupervised learning or self-supervised learning at best. But it might seem like a supervised learning is sort of uh, not as elegant or not as principled to some degree. But one way to think about hybrid between explicit and implicit, primarily for practical reasons that in the large-scale neural networks, I don't think it's able to learn everything. They're able to learn good amount of patterns in language, but it's hard to generalize out of it to answer questions like whether elephants are bigger than butterflies. Unless someone actually said so. Now, you know, people did say so, by the way. So on that particular pair of objects, you will find the correct answer. But if I come up with a new pair, then um, it may not work. I think it's good to have some amount of explicit knowledge that's written in order to educate or provide as training data for neural networks. So um, it's almost like how humans also learn about the world. It's not the case that we only passively observe the world and then somehow, or just like read a lot of the text and then acquire knowledge. We also learn language by taking classes and we also learn about new knowledge, like deep learning, let's say. You know, sometimes we take tutorials and those are the examples of declarative knowledge for me that's different from observed knowledge. So it's good to provide the declarative knowledge to neural networks as well as some sort of like a textbook of common sense. And then the hope is that neural network can then learn to generalize out of it. So we have a one such initial results that we published at ACL this year that we named as Comet. So Comet is a neural network based on transformers that learn declarative knowledge encoded in Atomic, which is yet another work that we had earlier this year at AAAI, and that's a knowledge graph of common sense. And it turns out, by doing so, this neural representation of common sense graph generalized much better than what we would have imagined based on just knowledge graph retrieval, um, or like a symbolic operation of a knowledge graph. So in that sense, it's a nice combination between explicit and implicit. It starts with explicit knowledge that's being used as a training data, essentially, for a neural network, so the neural network can translate that explicit knowledge into implicit neural space, and then in that space, it can also generalize it better, and then even do transfer learning from language models to knowledge models. Yeah, although in this particular case, the, the task itself is designed to capture the degree to which you have common sense. Yeah. So it, I wouldn't say it's a very fair experiment to judge the like the need for explicit modeling of common sense. I'd be very curious to know if there are results that show how tasks that were designed without common sense in mind mm-hmm. benefited or did not benefit from adding some sort of symbolic representation of common sense 
or declarative representation concepts in the model. Right. So that would be definitely one of the important next steps. In fact, there have been some research of this nature always in the past as well. So I think Mohit Bensal, for example, had this concept net-based knowledge integration in order to improve the performance of narrative QA. And if I remember right, it may have been last year in an P paper. Of course, you know, this sort of like SOTA always gets updated and then maybe the story is a little bit different with Roberta. Yeah. We still do not know how to best integrate knowledge representation down to some neural networks for a particular target task. Whatever we did in the past are reasonable first steps, but I don't think those are the definite best options. And that integration sort of depends on how we even model knowledge in the first place. And a lot of the previous work has this flavor of retrieving knowledge from knowledge graph and then go from there. But it might be that we should rather focus on neural representation of knowledge and then try to integrate that. And in some sense, we start to seeing some promises into that direction due to work like Comet that also came from AI2 that integrates knowledge into language models. So I'm hoping that that sort of direction might have some promises down, down the road. But it's a little too early to say whether how exactly we have to do it and then, you know, whether it's completely possible or impossible. I do have some unpublished results that seem to suggest that that sort of knowledge integration does help for some downstream tasks. You mentioned atomic in passing, but I think it deserves more of a discussion because I feel like it's a very valuable resource when it comes to using doing any sort of common sense reasoning. So could you elaborate a little bit of what Atomic is? Right. So um, Atomic is knowledge graph described in natural language that includes 900 thousands of if-then rules, all in natural language. Those rules focus on, by and large, social situations that involve people doing some actions to each other. So for example, if person X repels person Y's attack? What are the intents of person X and person Y? What kind of actions might people do before and after? So um, the knowledge covers a lot of causes and effects, preconditions and postconditions, sort of like a theory of mind of people. What kind of actions do they do before and after? That sort of stuff. And to our surprise, um, even though there haven't been a lot of other knowledge resources built before, such as ConceptNet and Psych and OpenPsych, a lot of these existing resources focused rather on taxonomic knowledge instead of if-then reasoning roles or that, that focus more on causes and effects. So due to the necessity of wanting to have this if-then knowledge, uh, we built that resource if other existing resources covered those, we would have not needed to do that. There are two interesting aspects of this. One is that um, everything is included in language, natural language, instead of trying to come up with lists of programs or some sort of like a prologue or some other logical representation of such knowledge because the complexity of the knowledge that we cover are really difficult to, to translate down to logical forms. So, so everything is in natural language. And that way, it's much easier to crowdsource that knowledge without relying on experts who understand these logical forms. Another aspect of it is that, in some sense, we uh, translate or shift more of this reasoning down to knowledge. So, in some sense, some of this, like, if-then reasoning can be almost memorized knowledge 
that's reactive and you don't necessarily think so hard to draw any of these inferences, but it's almost like we know them so well enough so that we just reason about them reactively. So it's sort of like type 1, type 2 type reasoning. And we are looking at like shifting some of this reasoning into the knowledge space and then trying to see what we can do with it. Yeah, what I find most exciting about Atomic is that it captures events that are not typically discussed in text. So I remember in one of your talks before you talked about how the reporting bias will influence what kind of knowledge we represent in our data sets or our resources. And in this particular case, you made sure that you're not recapturing what people already talk about in text because people typically don't talk about the common sense reasoning. It's just not newsworthy. So I feel like that's that's very valuable. Yeah. So it's exactly that. Um, due to reporting bias, it's really hard to learn, acquire this sort of knowledge entirely automatically from unstructured text, no matter how much text the model may be able to read. So um, it does help to have a more explicit uh, description of such knowledge. Uh, the nice thing about neural network is that then it can generalize the, now, the declarative knowledge together with language model patterns. So um, you can then reason about previously unseen events quite reasonably well. So that was really very exciting for us that the atomic knowledge is written in a particular weird form, like a person X doing something to person Y. And then the events are not very complex. They, they're usually short sentences. But the COMET model built on top of that can reason about much longer events that include people's names. It can handle much more compositional phrases reliably and oftentimes can make correct predictions about such compositional cases uh, beyond our expectations. So that's really demonstrating the strength of today's neural language models that are just so powerful in generalizing over you know, many different previous events and sequence of words and phrases. Yeah, I'm wondering uh, if you needed to do any like model customizations to enable this kind of transfer because the language is different, right? Uh, you have X's and Y's in your right. in atomic. Yeah. So how, how do you... So we didn't do very much uh, for that particular paper, but I suspect that one can do probably much better with more experiments. But the simple thing we did was we started from GPT-2, pre-trained GPT-2, and then converted atomic knowledge graph into just uh, textual encoding that's uh, just long sequence of uh, some special symbols interleaved with uh, atomic events, if-then events. And that was just uh, enough for the resulting final comet model to be able to generalize atomic for just natural language descriptions of events. So we have this online demo that's linked from either my homepage or also there's a link from AI2 that you can play with and see what happens. Great. So what are some of the interesting research questions in common sense reasoning today that you think people should be working on? Like we discussed earlier, having better data sets, better challenge data sets, I think is likely to be the ongoing important research question. And then I wish to see knowledge modeling being a thing not just language model, but really focusing on knowledge models. It seems almost strange to me that AI can be an actual intelligence without 
knowing how to store, represent knowledge, and then be able to really reason based on that. Today, a lot of this learning paradigm is framed under this input-output pairs, a lot of input-output pairs for a particular target task when it's framed as a supervised task. Although language model or pre-trained models in general are powerful to enable supervised learning down the road, uh, the thing is language model on their own don't do really well in a zero-shot setting. It's almost useless for most of these QA problems, reasoning challenges, unless you have a lot of in-domain training data. Ideally, we I, I would like to really see a zero-shot reasoning in order to really really, really challenge AI, but even before going there, it would be nice to think about how to really improve the quality of knowledge that we have today. Um, even though Atomic is fairly large, it's still covering only a particular narrow slice of common sense knowledge and reasoning that humans are able to do, and we do need to think about how can we make algorithms that can acquire knowledge automatically ideally from unstructured text, or be able to interact with humans to acquire new declarative knowledge that it's lacking. And then also, how do we then integrate that knowledge to neural networks in a more efficient way? So multiple, really hard challenges that we need to investigate. Yeah, on along the lines of one of those things that you said for Atomic, for instance, you said is a very small slice of common sense. Are there any theories of common sense that we could build off of? Do you know of any? So like, I'm a little bit hesitating here because I, so I know that there's some AI uh, sub-community that has focused on common sense knowledge and reasoning for a long time. And they're still working on that. But maybe we didn't talk about it as much because their methods are based more on logics and it's not clear today how to translate that research to some downstream task performances. Like, it's, it's really, really hard challenge and I don't think anybody knows how to do it. So I think there are some theories around it. It's just that always translating that to some actionable items for actually building systems and models seems to be a major challenge. So basically, I don't really have a good answer for that. But that's a really good question to perhaps to think more about as a community. Uh, more than just theories of how we reason with common sense, just even what is common sense? There are a lot of linguistic theories about what is language, what are the phenomena in language, and we use these to build particular tasks. Like, I wonder if there's some kind of theory of what is common sense that we can then build data sets around and so on. I think there's more maybe to be learned from development psychology literature where they do study how babies win and how babies acquire different types of common sense understanding about the world, like object permanence. The fact that objects that are temporarily hidden under a head, the fact that it's still there, this is something that they are not born with, but they acquire maybe at, during the first year, I believe, maybe after eight months or so. Uh, probably I'm quoting a wrong number here, but something like that. So, and the animals similarly acquire some of this physical common sense knowledge as well. And then there's this notion of a time that seems to happen at different time frame, learning time frame. And then there's this notion of numbers, which seem very distinct in the way that humans learn about the world. And then, you know, theory of mind does not come right away. So, you know, they, babies cannot really understand the parents 
until they reach a certain age. So it seems that we might be able to look at this literature and then at least to learn like what kind of a different knowledge and reasoning we do need to cover eventually. Yeah, I mean, when you mentioned trying to do more of a knowledge modeling instead of just language modeling, the question that comes to my mind immediately is like, which knowledge representation do you want us to model, right? There is atomic, there is concept net, and there like there is a ton of other things that we could be modeling, and it's not clear that any of them is natural enough. The nice thing about natural languages, it occurs frequently enough that we kind of trust its use for representation. It's hard to argue the same for any particular knowledge. True. Yeah. So in that sense, we probably should be super open-minded about how that knowledge should work, look, and I have zero intent to say atomic is the way to go at all. Like for that kind of knowledge representation, I think it may be more that um, things can be more directly in the neural space even. But the thing is, currently, I don't see that kind of knowledge acquisition as some sort of first goal, more direct goal in learning. A lot of this learning today is framed as task-specific learning. And language model, you know, one might argue that, well, that's different because um, it's a self-supervision by predicting words before and after. But still, the goal is not really acquire knowledge, abstract away concepts, and then somehow reason about that, store that in some mental space at all yet. And it seems that certainly that's how humans acquire the, the understanding about the world. And maybe we need a different learning, entirely different learning paradigm, where the goal of learning for machine is not particularly about a particular target task, but really more about just making sense of the world and building these concepts and being able to abstract away objects and concepts on its own. Wonderful. Do you think this is the future of this area, or do you feel like there are still like things that will happen, or like people will be working on over term? I definitely see that as a community, there are increasing research interests in common sense, which is very exciting to me. And in part of that, I was really surprised to see the DARPA program, Machine Common Sense. And nice thing about that is these days we consider a voice comment on our phones as a given. You know, of course it should work, but... In early 2000, it was considered to be a crazy technology to dream about. But DARPA had this program, I think it was called Kelo, that started in 2003. And then um, Siri was some sort of like a spin-off project out of that program, which was then acquired by Apple in 2007, and then got commercialized in three years. So... There's some time lag, and of course, maybe you know, voice recognition is still something that people haven't worked on more before, but with some time, exciting things can happen. Who knows? These days, it seems that the field is advancing so fast with neural networks, so maybe we can still hope that within some reasonable future, we can see a lot of progress in the field with the support of DARPA. And then even at EMMLP this year, I see suddenly more papers with common sense in the titles. So I think I noticed nine papers among the accepted papers at EMMLP this year. And that's only the title. Who knows? There are maybe other papers that touch on common sense. Yeah, I bet you were reviewing some of these. (laughs) Great, that's, uh, that's exciting and also like lots, lots of funding for uh, research sort of for grad students, so that's great. Yeah. Were there anything that you were hoping or you would like to talk about which we didn't cover already? That might be all. Uh, thank you for this exciting yeah. uh, discussion. That was fun, thank you.